The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Everybody and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast on the internet that everybody wants to seem to ban, only because we make draw too many cards and make good mana. I'm one of your co-hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me as always is Mr. Scott Campbell. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, hi, Joe. I'm I'm okay. Uh, hey, congratulations! We made it to the seventh level. <laughs> we are on episode nine, so we're only one episode yeah. away from being a real podcast. Nine. Scott. Yeah, and, and hey, uh, you know, uh, at least these pair of boobs haven't been banned from uh, the Magic Internet right now. So hey, we're, we're doing okay, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh my God, it's been such a weird, weird, um, weird week. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, uh, for those for those watching at home, uh, uh, well, a few hours before we started, Twitter just became a stupid mess yeah. again. So yeah, yeah if you're uh, familiar with Magic but, Twitter, uh, just don't stay off it tonight it's not worth it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah just go check but don't post comment or where don't just yeah, just, go, just go home uh, go to sleep who boy and think about yeah. fireworks that yep. you'll probably hear all, all night throughout the entire week uh, are they gunshots because you yeah. have to play that game in ohio it's either is it a firework or a gunshot yeah. uh so real talk for a sec um for those again watching at home, uh, Joe and I live pretty close to each other uh, IRL, uh, and the pathway that I would take to Joe's place uh, happened to coincide passing by a street where uh, there was a man who unfortunately uh, was killed by police. Um, a few nights ago, uh, we've been hearing fireworks and and of various loudness for several weeks. Um, unfortunately, we live in a country where uh, people do not want to abide by medical guidelines uh, and they want to shoot off fireworks because they went across state lines to buy them and they think, well, I'll bring them back home here to shoot them off during the day when you can't see them at all. loud. Because it makes complete oh, yeah. sense. Complete but they're loud. Yeah. I know. All right. Like, pull up something on YouTube. Watch stuff be blow up, blown up on YouTube. Like, I, I, I watch. I anyway. I, there's a guy on YouTube I watch so, for that. And his name is Mark Rober, and he blows stuff up regularly, and it's pretty good. So. Okay. Neat. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, but anyway, so uh, late at night. Well, not really late at night, but like past 10 o'clock. It was well after sunset. Uh, there were these noises where it sounded like rapid popping in succession. I didn't hear it, but my wife did. Um, wake up the next morning and the news is out. Uh, they, they blocked the street down near where that area is. And, you know, well, we don't have anything right now. We'll wait until police come by with a report or whatever, which that didn't happen until 11 o'clock that morning. Uh, turns out that the uh, man of the house uh, made a, uh, a threat with a gun to his wife. And again, this guy's older. He's 
uh, at or near senior citizen age. Uh, she, of course, calls the police. She tells him that she's called the police. Uh, he says, fine, I'll meet him outside. And, yeah, he had he brandished a gun, uh, shot at cops. Cops didn't return fire, and unfortunately he died at the hospital. So, uh, stress is a real issue. Um, I don't know the details, didn't know the person outside of what I've said. I don't know anything else. Uh, you can go to whiotv.com to uh, check out local news in our area about that. But just the fact that, you know, when we say things like, uh, tonight we're going to play, is that firework or firearm? You know, oftentimes we're being pretty serious. Because um, even though that, you know, I feel like I live in a pretty good neighborhood now that I've moved, uh, you know, the fact that this happened, I, I still have to remind myself that, you know, just because I may be in a nice neighborhood doesn't mean I'm not far from stuff like this happening. Uh, so please be safe if you're messing around with fireworks. Uh, definitely do so safely. Uh, make sure you're following all your city laws and regulations because the cops are, especially with how things were in June, with all the protests and everything, police are on heightened alert for any type of bullcrap out there. So you could wind up getting in trouble if caught shooting off fireworks where you're not supposed to. That could come with like misdemeanor charges, uh, fines, Things that you just don't want associated with you, especially if you're trying to look for work after this whole pandemic is over. Um, so, you know, do so safely. And even if you're messing with things that are deemed okay by your state, such as sparklers, keep them away from your eye. I, a coworker of mine who I know probably won't listen to this had one a couple years ago and one of the little sparks, boop, went right in her eye. And, and I warned her jokingly the day before you know, not to be careful or don't poke your eye out or whatever. And sure enough. Uh, so, um, but yeah, like, yes, it is our country's independence. There's a lot of history, both good and bad, uh, associated with that. And people want to celebrate, but be safe. Don't like, you know, don't get yourself sick just because you want to go watch yeah, some little bit guy. Yeah. Like seriously, like, like stay at home, be with your loved wear ones, all that stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wear, yeah, wear, yeah, wear, a mask. wear a mask, please. Uh, like, uh, who was it? Um, Missouri MTG said today, uh, Jeremy. That, that's oh, yeah, name, yeah, right? Jeremy Aronson, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I've personally never met him, but um, he, he said today on Twitter, if you can sleeve a card, you can yep. sleeve your face. And I'm like, that's it, that's it, that's the that's the tweet yep. for 2020. Everybody else is fighting yep, for second yep, place, yep. um, yeah, so, um, but. With it being Fourth of July weekend, uh, we got a got a themed show here for you tonight. Uh, Joe, how how you doing? With all the things going on, you know, how are you and your family? Yeah, doing? everybody we're, okay. We're all doing okay. Uh, just been cool. busy. We put up our we put out our our small pool in the backyard. Uh, finally, so oh nice. Um, the kiddo has been pool pulling it up uh, over the weekend. Uh, just crazy, going hard on that pool. Uh, so she was she was in oh, there Saturday yeah. night, and then she was in there two times Sunday, and just playing around. And so she's she's turned into a little bit of a fish. So we're we're working through that. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's doing good. She's she's kicking butt with her swimming. So, but yeah, we're we're doing awesome. all right. We're we're gonna be with family a little bit this weekend because uh, um, my okay. wife's mom and dad and her grandma 
uh, we're gonna have a little cookout over at their house, over at her house, and so gonna do Sweet. that, and then just uh, stay in. Uh, oh, we are going to Kings Island on Sunday, so um, so okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's gonna be oh, a yeah. scorcher. No, it's gonna um, be warm. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, real feel temperature or whatever, like how, how your body feels, it's hot outside or whatever, is gonna be in triple digits with all the humidity and stuff yeah, at the peak yeah. of the day. So, so thankfully we have we'll, yeah. we'll be we'll be well hydrated and whatnot and okay. playing it safe. So we're just gonna do what we're gonna do what we can do and what we well. Hopefully, you know, whatever is available to do uh, and, you know, not be there too long. They're not, they're not, they're closing, I think like seven or something like that. So they're, they're actually closing relatively early anyways. Uh, so yeah, than they normally would be. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to go. And of course, you know, we got to wear masks and stuff at the park. Right. Yeah. They're, they're mandating masks. Like, I guess there are some legal issues or, or whatever where they're trying to not have masks right. mandated i think I, I can't remember it's but the news cycle so fast that i remember the i forget the previous story to try and remember the yeah. current one um so yeah there's that and th- they may have masks down there that may benefit riding on a roller coaster that way it doesn't fly off or they may have tips to like where you um can we, twist your got, um, your mask a, a little neck, bit we got neck gators for the park so yeah okay see yeah so yeah, so yeah, yeah. you'll those, be fine those are great and uh, honestly a lot of the, like the high thrill attractions like the roller coasters and stuff generally the way that they space mm-hmm. the cars out you can actually take your mask down for the ride itself so yeah um so yeah they'll they'll it'll be fine and a lot of the car a lot of the rides anyways also the cars themselves uh are act as kind of kind of a natural barrier so like um, the banshee, oh, banshee is one yeah. of them. That's um, one of the they're mm-hmm. they're suspended inverted coaster. All the cars are, you know, they're they're you know not bunched up next to each other. They're far enough apart that you can have people right. sitting in each car, each each one, and the car itself is literally you know far enough from you, but it's also solid. So you're not gonna like yeah. you know sneeze through it or something like that if you. So yeah, I'm yeah, done, you'd have not. like superpower sneezes, or some some shit like that. Right. Speaking of superpowers, you know what I just finished watching yeah. today on Amazon Prime. Uh, the yeah, the boys. The boys? Yeah, that was a quite an interesting okay. show. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I took a guess. I I don't have Amazon yeah. uh, Prime or whatever. Oh, speaking of which, real quick, because you mentioned Amazon, for those again watching at home. Uh, there is a scam going around right now where it sounds like a robocall from Amazon that uh, something's wrong with your card or there's been some type of purchase. I just don't pick up the phone. Don't answer that call. <laughs> yeah. If you get any type of robocalls from numbers that you don't recognize about your Amazon order, and, and let's assume you do have Amazon in some capacity, do not answer yeah. the phone. Just leave it alone. Go log on to your Amazon account. Check, look around, make sure everything's fine, your address is fine, all that stuff, and that there's no recent orders. And if you're good, cool. Now, if whatever the phone call was saying does wind up appearing, you know, call the number on the back of your Amazon credit card. Don't follow any numbers on the phone. 
The only reason I mention this because Joe mentioned Amazon. I have an Amazon card and account, and I got one of those robocalls. I didn't pick it up because yeah. I know better. But I want to make sure that uh, the people who are listening, whether it's now or in the uh, indeterminate future, like maybe when uh, Steven Spielberg's digital alien creations come down and chip away at the ice <laughs> to find the remnants of humanity and, and see uh, some little uh, automaton boy and his teddy bear at the bottom of a frozen lake, um, they'll, they'll find this information and, and be able to use it. That might be the second time I think I've referenced AI on this particular show. <laughs> and probably the same reference, too. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so yeah, the, the boys. So it yeah. was good. Yeah, it was, it good. was interesting. I, I'm definitely okay. excited. They're okay. coming out with a season two in September here. And uh, okay. I'm pretty interested in seeing season two. It's very, okay. uh, it's pretty violent, honestly. Uh, like that's the like the, uh, like the, the big okay. thing about it. It's, it's pretty super violent, uh, and it's got a lot of you know it it has a lot of content in it that's pretty pretty hard like hardcore to digest like you know because there's a whole you know subtext of stuff like sexual assault and that sort of thing going on. Oh, oh. Uh, but oh. it's like it handles it really well, okay. uh, and it it's just but it's just an interesting. It's an interesting uh, show. Uh, Carl Urban, man. Uh, I have to give Carl Urban so much props for just, like, everything that he does. But, man, he's good in this mm-hmm. show. Like, I, I, I don't think Carl Urban has done a bad movie, honestly, at all, ever in his entire life. So, that's great. So, <laughs> I, I do love me some Carl Urban. Okay. But. All right. But, uh, nice. so, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I've anyway. also been playing Magic. Um, I... I put out some article content and uh have been playing a little bit of legacy uh been playing that the winota deck still uh posted a video that went along with my article uh this week for uh legacy uh with winota which has been kind of fun uh so yeah i did that and and i've been playing a lot of historic on arena which is kind of fun so nice yeah i uh I've been playing a little bit of Historic on Arena. I've been playing uh, Merfolk because that's the, at least at the time that they started Historic, that was the most cards I had. So I'm like, I'll just go with what I know. And of course, I do have a blue-white control list built. I haven't added any M21 cards yet to any mm. of my decks. Um, yeah, been been playing a little bit. Been trying to keep up in levels. I'm at level 21 as of today's recording for the Mastery uh, Pass there. So I'm... I'm keeping pace trying to make sure that i complete all the little goodies and stuff that they add that i never use um i don't i don't do the card images or the bordering or whatever but i'm like oh i got rewarded that so i'll go yeah i um i Um, have been waffling on whether or not i want to actually buy the mastery pass for this set uh i did it for uh eldraine uh but and i but i haven't done it since then like I, i didn't do it for theros or ikoria but Ikoria all kind of felt kind of poor uh, as far as value was concerned. Whereas, like, Eldraine, you got a lot of value out of the Eldraine one, I thought. Like, there was, if you were able to keep it up and actually get to level, like, 100 or whatever on it, the value was there. You got quite a bit. But the other ones haven't felt that way. So I don't know about Core 2021, but I'm waffling on it. I might not. Uh, you know, it, the nice thing about it is, is at least if I could, I decide I, I really want to, 
like it's generally like only like 20 bucks to do it yeah oh yeah like and what once the season has started and all and, that. Yeah, yeah. and you can I do usually it just time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just usually do the the pre-release like before the set's released, like usually within that week that's about to be released. I'll go ahead and throw down my hundo to get the stuff and not really buy any other packs or whatever cuz I just do the dailies. Now, uh, as time goes on and and I continue getting adjusted to uh, being in a home and, and and you know all that stuff instead of living in an apartment, I I may spend some time working on historic decks proper and all that stuff i ha still haven't been out to play paper magic even though there is an option here in town uh with all the 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 at least countrywide spike in uh with this, this pandemic even though it's not hit as hard here i just i'm like eh, you know like do i want to go play three rounds of pioneer and you know yeah, and run the risk of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do I want to go do that, or I just yeah. stay at home? You know, I'm I'm getting comfortable. Historic being, at least so. is has sort of like a wild, wild west feel to it, and because there's I, I've yeah. run across so many like really wildly strange decks in historic so far. Like mm -hmm. I've played against like people like, playing like you like you said you play Merfolk. I've played against people playing that. I've played against people playing uh, vampires, uh, like black-white vampires as a deck, uh, using a oh, lot nice. of stuff like a Danto Vanguard. And, like, no I had somebody – this is funny. So I didn't realize this, uh, but did you know Knight of the Ebon Legion says that it gets its counters it, it counter if um, a player lost four life or more? So I had somebody oh, yeah. pay four life for a Danto Vanguard. That's kind of awesome. On their turn to trigger – uh, Hot Night of the Ebon Legion. I was like, wait, awesome. wait, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened here? I was like, what did they do that for? And I was like, oh, Mind yeah. Blown. I was like, that card says if a player lost, that's that's galaxy brain thinking right there. Uh, yep, the, sure uh, the Shrines deck, I've run into that a bunch. Uh, people really like the Shrines deck. Uh, I've been playing Bant Field of the Dead. And... Can we call that deck sure. the Shriners? Sure. Or just Shriners? Sure. It's annoying. Like, that would be awesome. It's annoying. Anyway. Oh my god. Oh, I bet. It's so hard. It, like, because it's like so hard to like <laughs> eke out their value. Like, uh, you know, because they just they gain so yeah. much value, uh, in, uh, their game their game plan. And like, if you're not playing anything that deals with enchantments, you you just can't beat them. Like, they'll just they'll out life gain you. They'll out do this. They'll out do that. Like they'll make creatures, they'll draw cards. Wait. Like it's like okay, yeah, this is dumb. Uh, you mean players have to play removal in their decks to deal with an I, opponent's I, permanent? I I managed to no. squeak out a win versus uh, a deck that had Sanctum of All in play uh, by uh, drawing the singleton copy of Cleansing Nova in my deck, casting casting yes. Cleansing Nova. And then following up my next turn by casting um, Shatter the Sky to blow away their board state, and then play to land to generate some creatures. Like, yeah, because Field, Field of the Dead. Dead, yeah. So Field of the Dead should probably just be yeah. rebanned. Honestly, uh, it's it's pretty absurd. The mirrors suck. Uh, like Field Field mirrors are, yeah. are almost, and you can honestly like you can tell who's gonna win a Field mirror by figuring out who the first person to resolve growth spiral is 
uh, and that's like pretty much it. it. Like if somebody can resolve, if you if they can resolve gross spot before you can, you're probably gonna lose. Uh, and it's just it sucks. Like so, yeah. It's the mirrors are just god awful because they're literally nothing but. Well, I guess I'll raft my board, raft the board this turn, play a couple creatures, play you know play a land, generate a couple creatures. Then it goes to your turn. You're like, well, I guess I'll raft the board this turn and play a land, generate a couple creatures. <laughs> like, you just play that game, and it's like whoever gets to resolve better hydroid crises and whoever has, like, Ugin. But, but Joe, we, we have Goblin Ruin Blaster, Ugh. Field of the Dead, Field of Ruin. Quarter. Field of Ruin, too. Shouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should shouldn't that be enough to take care of no, Field of the Dead? Because the deck just has uh, that. That the problem is, is like, I I think the problem ends up being that even if they end up banning it, like it just all that does is just present, yeah. makes the deck have inevit inevitability. But then people are just gonna play Ugin and like Ulamog instead. It's just gonna be the same shell. You're just gonna play Ula Ugin and Ulamog instead. Uh well, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't exude enough <laughs> no, sarcasm. No, I know. Um, I have been, I have been field of ruin, though, well, uh, and um, I've won those games. Like that's the scary part. Well, you, you play yes. white in your deck, right? And sometimes you come across uh, mirrors of yeah. field of the dead, right? And people are not playing enchantment removal in their decks, right? All right, so I have some hot oh, tech God. for you. This is going back to when I used to play Magic Online um, before I sold my collection, which was dumb. I, I should have kept it. Because um, I, I, I kind of want to play stuff beyond Arena. Rude right, Halo. Right. Name Zombie. Uh, can you do that? Go. Is it a card name? I don't think it works like that. I'm pretty sure you can't name tokens with Rude Halo. Rude Halo. Boy, I need to look that up. At least that's my thought, anyway. No, I don't think you can do that. Well, there's got to be a way around that, because it says name, yeah, choose a card choose a, name. Yeah, there's a ruling. You must so, choose the name of a card, not the name of a token. For example, no, you can't choose Sapperling wait, or Merit Lage. However, to, if it, a token happens to have the same name as a card, such as Shapeshifter or Spark Elemental, you can choose it. So yeah, there isn't a card named oh, that's Zombie. Dumb. Never mind. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, I, it would be great, but I yeah, was looking. No, unfortunately. Well, yeah. shoot. All right, well, never mind. <laughs> no, I, I think there, see, there's ways to see, get around that, it. That's like, how I am. I, and honestly, like the field deck The field deck has its has its natural predators. Uh like I've lost to the life gain deck a lot. Uh, so like the life gain deck gets you, the tempered steel deck gets you, uh, just because they can kind of make a board state that is legitimately threatening before uh, you can get a wrath on board and you have to draw a wrath. And if you don't draw a wrath, then you just die. Uh, but then like also like the gruel, like the historic gruel decks, like the ones that are playing like Llanowar elves into like questing beast, uh, or like Llanowar elves into like gruel spellbreaker into like questing beast. Uh, into like Ember Cleave, my questing beast, you know. Or what? What's that? Uh, that three drop, uh, that Elvish champion, not the champion, but rejuvenator. Um, no, no, the, the oh, five four uh, Steely that... champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, even think they champion. play that. 
Like Oof. they're just playing like the the cheaper, uh, you know, threats and stuff. Like uh, yeah, I think I've seen like pelt collector. Oh, okay. You know, you, you get a pelt collector into like two drop that does something into like three drop that does something into, <laughs> you know, oh. it's it, it's just a really aggressive deck. And the problem is, is like, yeah, you could maybe get a board wrath on them, but maybe they've done enough damage to you for it to, ma to that it doesn't matter. Uh, and so then they just like play a questing beast and then like shock you, and then like you're still dead. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's awkward. I have also played against the the storm herald combo, which is wild. Because uh, you know what storm herald does, right? I think we talked about this last week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. You just where, dump a bunch of orbs um, into the, your yard, and then uh, you cast Storm Herald. And it, yeah. and it gets them all back yep, from yep. your graveyard attached to it. Oh, yeah, I, I've seen a Jund list do this. Uh, and it, yeah. it's pretty dumb. Because it's like, oh, I, I milled over Storm Herald with my Citrus right. Supplier. Okay, I'll just get it back. Right. And boom. There's so much, um, like, graveyard recursion in this format like mm -hmm. it's so weird like and it's weird because like nobody wants to play leyline of the void because like those de like those decks are <laughs> like not like good per se they're just like fun and spicy good best of one decks so you're not going to play like you're not going to play Wait, like leyline of the void in your like best of one deck you know you're just going to play like a good you... deck that doesn't well plan. oh yeah, yeah, yeah best, best of one, one you're yeah. not going to play like um, you know, anything like Leyline of the Void that shuts down those kinds of decks because 90% of the time it's going to be useless. So you're... Right, or right. Graft You're just going to take your loss whatever, and be like, cool, yeah. move on to the next match, like, in best of one. Mm -hmm. If you really care about it in best of three, I, I honestly just never play best of three yeah. on, on Arena, though, because I just I don't really want to spend the time. Yeah. Right, I just same. play best of one yeah, because it's I just, just like, you know, I can just go through matches really quickly. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, I'm just doing daily, so that's exactly what I'm doing. Now, in those best of one games, though, uh, cards like uh, Scavenging Ooze and Containment Priest are going to be a lot right. better uh, against those type of decks. So, we'll, we'll see how that shakes up. Um, but speaking of magic, um, our, our theme this week, of course, deals with Fourth of July. Yes. And we want to talk about things that, that blow up or burn or are America. Um, and and kind of just have that discussion of magic decks and uh, throughout whether it's standard or even non-standard uh, magic history, just talk about a couple decks. You're probably already aware of them. Uh, or if you didn't play in the eras that we talk about, cool. You know, we got some nostalgia for us, but maybe something new for you uh, that, that could uh, spark some interest in brewing some decks. I don't know anything that isn't um, vintage. All right. Yeah. Scott, I, so I, you're going to have to I tried to me a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah fair enough um but the, the first deck that i want to talk about i i, I want to talk about some burn because uh burn is as, as far as an archetype has been pretty much in magic since the beginning since the days of fireball disintegrate lightning bolt um fork uh you know a lot, a lot of cards that either would help you deal the damage to get you to the win or just deal damage directly to the opponent. Um, it's also one of the cheapest decks that you can uh, purchase to play Legacy because it rarely, if ever, requires uh, yeah. fetch lands. doesn't require any duels. Um, 
there there are some that try and splash a couple duels to deal with problem like enchantments or artifacts but very rarely do you need it and it usually uses uh efficient creatures like Eidolon of the Great Revel, Goblin Guide, Monastery Swiss Spear uh, to help deal the damage, and you're just loaded with cards like Chain Lightning, Exquisite Firecraft, Lava Spike, Fire Blast, enchantments like Sulfuric Vortex, and there's a new card from M21 that is looking like it may make some waves called Chandra's Incinerator. This creature, a 6-6 with Trample, it costs five and a red, but the spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total number of non-combat damage dealt to your opponents this turn. Whenever source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that player controls. So you start out with this in hand. You have, say, Salveric Vortex in play, which costs one and two red, uh, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Sulfuric Vortex deals 2 damage to that player. Uh, if a player would gain life, the player gains no life instead. So already there's 2, reducing the, co the cost of Chandra's Incinerator by 2. Then you just Lava Spike them for another 3, uh, which only costs 1 red mana. And now your Chandra's Incinerator only costs 1 red mana. And you have a 6-6 six, six on the board. Can you imagine like playing that, oh my 2 mountains are tapped, what do I do? I will sacrifice them to fire blast my opponent. So now I've dealt uh, four damage to them, and Chandra's Incinerator deals another four to them. Or maybe you get rid of a creature or whatever. Yeah, that card so, is more taxed. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. when it deals damage, yeah, when, is, it, when uh, a source deals damage to the, the player or planeswalker, I think it is, then it deals damage, much damage to uh, yeah. Yeah, to the um, to a creature or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, like, your, your spells... Uh, kind of get doubled yeah. up, so it's like I'm going to deal damage to the opponent. Everything becomes a. Now I'm, a, uh, uh, I'm going to get that fort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a searing blaze. Yeah, yeah, we can look at it that way too. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sweet, pretty hot, if you will. Um, but yeah, you, you're just shoved full of direct damage spells, and in your sideboard, you have uh, cards like Ensnaring Bridge or Graftdigger's Cage or even Pyroblast to deal with problem permanence. Uh, and your mana base is just like 18, 19 mountains, depending on the build. So it, it's a pretty simple deck to build, uh, and it can be a lot of fun. Um, but there are other red base decks in Legacy uh, that are still currently making some noise. Uh, I'm sure, Joe, I think you talked about one recently. Yeah, in Arnold, Goblins. Right? Yeah, go Goblins oh, yeah. has gotten a lot better. Uh, and weirdly enough... It, uh, it hasn't been because of uh, Conspicuous Noop. Uh, in fact, uh, my good buddy, um, uh, Eli Goings, uh, who goes by the name of uh, Goblin Lackey one uh, on Twitch and uh, Twitter, <laughs> has been playing around with a lot of the, the Goblin shells that he normally plays with and has been trying to play the Conspicuous Snoop mm -hmm. like, combo and stuff. And it actually hasn't been mm -hmm. that good in Legacy. Uh, it mm. hasn't been, like, fantastic. What has been fantastic has been Muxus, uh, which is the uh, the six drop goblin from Jumpstart, uh, because it puts like oh, yeah. practically almost five creatures in the play every time it hits the board. <laughs> so yeah, That's like strong. and like most of those creatures also have uh, some number of um, 
you know, triggered abilities or whatever, like Goblin Matron or, like, Goblin Ringleader, uh, that sort of thing. So if you're dropping mm-hmm. this thing off of, like, a lackey, like, it's ridiculous. Uh, it also goes really well with um, Skirk Prospector and Mogwar Marshal. Uh, so, so, Mog- oh, so yeah. like, like, everybody looks at Mogwar Marshal as, like, this really kind of derpy card that is in this deck. But uh, honestly, mm-hmm. if you really look at how the deck's constructed and how it plays, uh, Mogor Marshal is actually pretty super important to goblins. Uh, it's kind of the glue uh, that kind of like holds the deck together because the deck basically ba- is based on needing to have uh, bodies in play. You know, you want to have creatures in play. Mm-hmm. So stuff like Munitions Expert gets much better the more goblins you have in play. Stuff like Gem Palm Incinerator gets much better the more goblins you have in play. What makes more goblins? Hogwarts oh, yeah. Marshal. It makes it makes a goblin when it enters, and it makes a goblin when it leaves. So uh, you know it's does a really good job of when it when it dies. Technically, it's when it comes into play or when it dies, it, you get a one one goblin. Like so, it makes bodies. Right. Like it's basically the entire function of the card is it makes bodies. Uh, so like it makes your your things like your trash masters better. It makes your um, you know, your sling gang lieutenants better. It makes your skirt prospectors better. It makes your, oh, yeah. um, makes your pile drivers better. Like, I mean, it just makes everything better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just like, you know, you can kill so many creatures with munitions expert, or you can kill so many things with gem palm incinerator, uh, that sort of thing. But it's also really good at enabling muxus because muxus costs six. And, you know, you would think, oh, that's a pretty bad, you know, card to cast in a deck that tops out a, a four drop. You know, as it's, you know, normal goblin, you know, thing, which is ringleader and sling gang. Muxus, you can just, mm-hmm. like, cast the thing because you have Skirp Crossrector. You cast it, and then all of a sudden you have another board state. And it's just absurd. Right. Like, it's just, and you might even, like, get one of those, like, oh, you know, you put cast Muxus. You might even get, like, a munitions expert off of that. And then you're just like, cool, I'm going to put this munitions expert in play along with all my other goblins I just put into play <laughs> and kill this creature or kill this planeswalker with it. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, oh, this is gross. So, yeah. But Muxus has definitely proven itself uh, as, like, the best card in that deck now. Like, it's one of the, the best cards. But, and it, it you know, nice. the deck's still going to be black-red. Uh, so it's, it's not mono-red anymore. Uh, it's it's now black red uh, because of cards like munitions expert and right. sling gang lieutenant, uh, and then like earwig mm-hmm. squad out of like the sideboard and stuff like that. So Ooh. earwig squad's pretty pretty Bring cool. Back some memories. Yeah, you can just like go rip three cards oh, out of the man. library. <laughs> so 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 no no lie, my my enjoyment of earwig squad goes all the way back to when that mm-hmm. was in standard when I would attack with a a. Uh, fairy rogue token uh, made with bitter blossom and then cast Eurek squad for its uh, its right. alternative cost and then just rip cards from the opponent and oh, you imagine man, putting it into so playoff good. lackey jeez <laughs> oh, everything gets it's, everything uh, gets better gross. when you put it in the playoff lackey though like and and can you can you think yeah. of that there was a time that there was a time in legacy and this is this has been a long time since this has been, you know, realistically a thing. But there was a time in Legacy when mm-hmm. the most powerful thing to do in Legacy 
was to play a turn one goblin lackey. And turn one goblin lackey was the <laughs> most, because if you saw a goblin lackey turn one, you were like, oh crap, I gotta be able to block this thing. Because they're gonna put in right. something stupid. And it's gonna... Wait, there was a time in Legacy people blocked with yeah, creatures? Well, I mean, no, that's the thing. That's why a goblin lackey was so good. Well, no, no, no. That, that was the thought process of the opponent. They have to yeah, block? Yeah, or kill it, or have a removal yeah. spell for it. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, you okay. either needed to have I'll a creature that. to block with to kill it, or you needed to have a removal spell for it. Well, we all know what happened with that is a little card called Deathrite Shaman got printed. Uh, and Death Rite Shaman is a 1 2, and Goblin Lackey's a 1 1. Yeah. Sads. <laughs> so, yeah. Rip. So, yeah, that kind of made Goblin Lackey pretty, pretty bad. But now that that's gone, like, um, you know, there are certain decks, like, um, Eli was on one of the podcasts lately, recently. He was on um, Everyday Eternal with uh, Julian Knob and mm-hmm. uh, Callum Smith. And uh, they were talking about the deck, and he's like, you know, some of these snow control decks that, you know, they played against, like, it, it's, like, sometimes better to just to play turn one lackey. Like, most of the time, you're going to, if you have a choice between turn one vile or turn one lackey, you're going to generally play turn one vile, because vile is, you know, very powerful. But he's like, honestly, oh, yeah. like, there's some games where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to jam turn one lackey and just hope I get there. Like, and just try and be as aggressive mm-hmm. as possible, because all, the, all these decks do is just dirtle. Uh, and so you're just like, oh, well, you have to have a removal spell. You have to have a source of plowshares or, you know, something for my my turn one lackey. You can't go turn one astrolabe. Like, you know, so right. uh, that's that's punishing on them, and it's really, really good. So, yeah, Go- Goblins has been not been – it's been a much better place uh, for quite a while now, and it's pretty cool to see. Huh, so may- maybe Lightning Bolt is good uh, again. Well, I mean, Rugdelver's good. Again, so you know, light, lightning, oh, lightning yeah, bolts. Well, yeah, again, yeah, so. that's, that's true. That's, uh, that's but it's weird. The yeah. format's strange right now because it's so in, it's in such flux. So um, I don't think we're still settled. Mm-hmm. So well, it's good because uh, one of the decks we'll, we'll be talking about uh, tonight, uh, or at least I will. Um, one of the problems with that deck that I'll bring up is that it just stayed around in the format so long that people were tired of facing it, playing against it. It kind of left a false sense of security that people can buy into the deck um, because it, it just avoided banning so much. Uh, so having Legacy in a constant state of, of, of change, not due to influx of new cards necessarily, like Companions, um, but due to, all right, well, last week, these were the decks that did well. Let's look at my pile or my collection, I guess I should say, because Legacy is a big card pool. All right, well, I'm going to choose this deck to kind of now counteract last week's meta and see how it goes. Um, You know, Legacy is one of those formats where at least players who are heavily invested either A, have at least two, if not more, decks to shift gears depending on how the meta is going, or... Uh, have one deck that they play so well and their sideboard is essentially a box where it's like, all right, well, these cards are good against a certain meta. Now I'm going to take those out because the meta has shifted. And that's why you see uh, decks in Legacy like Dredge, uh, for example. There'll be weeks where Dredge is really good and then more often than not, the very next week, Dredge is really bad 
because everybody over-adjusts for it to keep Dredge uh, from winning multiple or, or being good in back-to-back tournaments. So, yeah, it, it's good to see that, that uh, you know, Legacy's doing well, especially with a classic tribe-like Goblin. So, I had the fireworks, you had the crowd. Um, now let's kind of talk about the Stars and Stripes a little bit. So, uh, Jeskai, the con of the blue-white-red uh, color combination, the, 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 sh- the shard or wedge, the wedge. Sometimes I get them confused. Um, uh, of that wedge, uh, that was introduced to us in Constark here as far as the name. Uh, a, a con revolved around monks and prowess and, and having creatures on, in play, but then casting spells, being more of a tempo-oriented type feel. Uh, one of the first decks that I ever played using that color combination started in standard uh, around the time that Return of Ravnica entered and we had uh, Innistrad block plus M13 plus Return of Ravnica block plus M14 for that whole uh, once we got to the end and concluded everything. Uh, Within uh, a deck like this you of course had your cards like your Jace Architect of Thought, Supreme Verdict, uh, uh, well, Dissolve wasn't in there yet, but you had like Azurius Charm, um, and, and other cards like that, but you also had some cards like in the sideboard, Assemble the Legion, where you can bring in an enchantment that just puked out creatures every turn, or uh, you had Sphinx's Revelation to draw a bunch of cards in your main deck, like that was your primary win condition. Uh, when the format started, it was Terminus and Bonfire of the Damned, uh, which quickly went away uh, after it won, like, one tournament. Uh, but that was kind of like the control deck at the moment. Uh, and then eventually, things kind of shifted over to Legacy, where uh, Terminus became an all-star in Legacy in the Miracles deck, where uh, you set up the top card of your library with either Jace the Mind Sculptor or Brainstorm, uh, and then at the time that you needed to draw a card, you had your Terminus when your opponent went to attack. And you used Sensei's Divining Top to also manipulate the top of your library. Um, and this is the deck I was referring to. Like uh, That deck was around for years in the format. And then unfortunately Sensei's Divining Top was banned. And I was very sad because I got my signed copies back a little too late. Then I sold them. Um, but yeah, I, I wish we could have it back. Uh, I wish they would just bring back top and take out counterbalance. Because really, I don't think countering spells in Legacy is really where it's at. I mean, you have Force of Will and Force of Negation. You're only countering key spells. Uh, you're, you're looking at removing creatures as opposed to countering them more often than not. But... Uh, I, I know it'll not come back. I, I do miss it, though, because I even would go as far as playing Karanos, or Karanos God of Storms from the sideboard. Um, is it Staticaster to deal with uh, infect creatures and little 1-1s? One um, so there are, there are a lot of cool, sometimes niche cards that one could play, but there are a lot of uh, sweet sideboard options that were available because you were playing a three-color deck in Legacy, playing sometimes 20, 21 lands, uh, and, and 
manipulating your library in a way to where once you had enough lands, you made sure any excess lands were not drawn and you were just drawing gas. Uh, and the deck did take a while to uh, learn to the point where one could feel confident going to a big tournament. Um, I did well enough in like a side event to where I was able to turn some tickets into the uh, the booth for the event. I think it was a Star City event and got the Sensei's Divining Top playmat. So I that's when I started to have the playmat match the deck. So that, that was kind of a lot of fun. And then they, they, they took the top away from me. Um, I'm, I'm not sad. Um, okay. Uh, <sighs> uh, but but no, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and even during standard, when there was your assembled legions, anger of the gods, counterflux, Jace Artek the thought, we had those type of decks. Uh, and even when Theros came out, you had your your Scrylands to add to that, and adding Elspeth's Sun's Champion, um, and Dissolve, and and really making it a, a true control type deck with some spot removal in it and this is a lot of fun playing those type of decks and those strategies during this overall era uh, of magic hey scott do you know what do you, do you yes. know that there is a new uh control deck that is in legacy that is got jeskai coloring because it plays red sideboard cards Um, does it have to deal with Arkham's uh, Astrolabe? Actually, there are no Astrolabes in this deck. Yeah. What? No, was it in my articles? Uh, I, it was actually it? in my Spice Corner, but it's actually uh, a pretty uh, realistic deck. Uh, do you want to guess what card is the it, it, it's playing that makes it uh, a, a fun and interesting control deck? Oh, well, okay. Let, let me guess here. Is the card no. a land no. that makes it nope. interesting? Um, what card is it playing that makes an interesting control deck? Think enchantment. Is it? No, a it's not a simple illusion. I wish it was. That would be funny. Oh, it's a blue. It's a blue enchantment. No, I'm sad. Um, that's not. That's not counterbalance. Is it no, Sphinx's, Sphinx's tutelage? tutelage? No. Back to basics. <laughs> All right. Stand still. Up. Yeah. What? Standstill is back. Standstill is back. Standstill. You want to guess why? Oh. Two cards. Two cards. Oh, wait a minute. Miss. Okay, hold on. Let, let's, let, so Standstill yes. is an enchantment. One in a blue. When a player plays a spell. Let, let me let me reread that. When a player plays a yep. spell. Sacrifice Standstill. If you do... Each of that player's opponents yes. draws three cards. So if they play a spell, you draw three cards. So there, there, right. So there's a, a card, at least one that immediately comes to mind, to get the effect, or at least one of the effects on that card. You don't necessarily have to play it as a spell. It is called yep. Shark Typhoon, <laughs> Re released yep. in Ikoria, where sure for five in a blue you can play that enchantment. And then when it's in play, whenever you play a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, uh, where X is the spell's converted mana cost. So if that's in play and you play Teferi Time Raveler, you automatically get a 3-3. Three, three. Um, this is one of the cards that was showing up in the Fires of Invention decks 
probably causing fires of invention just to be banned. Um, but it has cycling of X, one, and a blue, where you, you pay whatever you want for X, another one of any other color, and a blue, and you discard that card and draw a card. And when you cycle it, you create an XX flying shark creature token that's blue. So that gets around standstill. Now you have a beater, and your opponent has to play spell, causing uh, standstill to pop. And, and, so that'll make you draw three cards. Mm -hmm. But also, um, you get to play uh, Myth Realized, too. Uh, which I don't know if you remember what Myth Realized cool. does, but that was in uh, Dragons of Tarkir. Yeah, the one oh, is, uh, yeah. whenever you cast a non-creature oh. spell, it's a one-drop enchantment Whenever you that costs one white. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put a lore counter on it, and you can pay a white. You can put pay two and a white to put a lore counter on it, but you can also pay a white to make it a monk avatar uh, that gains power and toughness equal to the number of lore counters on it. Uh, so if you oh. are able to like counter My your opponent's spells goodness. with this in play... Uh, remove their cards, that sort of thing. It's gonna get counters. You can just attack him with that. So you can just like have this like game plan of you have standstill, but also you have a, a nice counter magic suite too. So, and the only creatures in the deck are um, snapcasters. So yeah. So well, yeah, like, of course. It's it's a cool, interesting control deck, and also, also there is a land in the deck that is new, that was printed last year. Uh, that was printed in Modern Horizons. Can you guess what that land is? Um, no, Fiery no, Island? No. Hall of Heliod's Generosity. <laughs> yes, the one what? that... The, the Volraf Stronghold <laughs> for enchantments. So if you get... Yes, oh, so if oh, you guys don't know what this card does, it's a legendary land. You can either tap it to add a colorless... Or you can pay one and a white and tap it and put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. Shark Typhoon is an enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> so you can oh cycle it. And then you can Hall of Helios Generosity it back on top of your library to just draw it and do it again. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Deck's right. cool. Deck's cool. Right. I, I'm I'm in love. I I love, love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Anurag has been playing it a lot, uh, which makes uh, a lot of sense. He's like the miracles guy, so oh he's been playing God. it a lot. Wow. Oh my God! There's an engineered explosive yeah. in this deck too. I yeah, yeah, yeah. found your article. Yeah. Oh man, I I have most <laughs> of these cards. It's he's playing yeah. from the ashes. Yeah, yeah it's like, that's an old school uh, oh Miracles God. card, honestly. I remember getting that cast against me at an SCG uh, when I was playing Nick Fit. <laughs> which which yeah. somebody at Top it, Miracles it, it, it actually live. cast from the ashes against me, the Nick Fit player. Okay. Yeah. I will right, we'll go get these oh like three or four basics out of my library. Thanks. <laughs> right. Because, um, yeah, usually that's supposed to deal with uh, right. lands decks. I don't know why um, he brought it in against have me. have greedy mana bases like your four-color decks. Um, Infect uh, would be one that it could yeah. also deal with. They're really um, good against Infect now, though, anyways, because yeah, Infect the, has to cast spells, and that just, like, jams into your standstill. 
Yeah. And yeah, it also yeah, really man. helps oh. that um, man. that force of negation is a card. Like these decks having like six yes. forcible effects okay. now is like really what pushes these decks to be into a better territory. Like, oh my, that's oh what my makes goodness. it kind of ridiculous. Joe, I'm. Uh, I'm they like, can just let you draw like. I, oh my god. You know any number of, you know force negations or whatever. So, I have beat it. Be, I have beaten this deck at least so, once uh, with Lenota. Uh, and that was just because I just I just kept I just jammed into their standstill and just kept draw, just kept trying to make gas. <laughs> and <laughs> eventually it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, so so long long time viewers of this podcast, um, will will know that I'm been kind of on the fence about legacy. <laughs> Did I just reignite Scott's um, passion into legacy? <laughs> uh, my my spark may have been it's reignited cool, with this deck. Like, okay. I I just got my uh, I just got three. Uh, three copies of Terminus back from getting them signed. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll keep them, but um, it, it may be time to switch over to Shark Typhoon and Standstill. I mean, and those cards aren't that much, um, either. Like, Shark, still, shark Typhoons no, are not, no, not like, at expensive like, at all. It's like $15, it looks like, for three of them, which is pretty good. Yeah, Standstills are $10 yes. for four of them. Like, Mithrealize is $1 for two right. of them. Like and if you have yeah. everything else, like, like it's two ton, two ton, no, two tundras, I, I one bulk. Everything else. Oh, yeah, I, I could, don't have the vault. You could probably that, play that's the one. That's the you one probably big play thing vents. I don't have. Like honestly, yeah, it probably, probably you could probably just play a steam vents, or, or you could play like the Jeskai Triome if you had like the Jeskai Triome. Like you could probably do that too, and that would probably be just fine. Like, oh, because you're all you're only bringing okay. it in. The problem with the Jeskai Triome is that you can't fetch for it and get it untapped. So yeah, I just probably just play Steam Vents. Because like, because you want to be able yeah. to do it to be like to and cast like Pyroblast, like in the games you want to cast Pyroblast, or uh, if you want to cast Pyroclasm or from the Ashes. Like that's all you care about at the Red Four. So or or, you, or you could I could play just a mountain. Play... You could play a mountain because there's yeah. two Prismatic Vista and four Scalding Tarn. It does make it really yeah. awkward in your opening mana base if you're if you have nothing but flooded trans. Though, yeah, that's uh, true. Like, I don't think like you're giving up enough to play to just play a in that uh, over a over a Volk. Like you're not giving up enough tri- tri- uh, percentage it, it, points there. So. Right. Yeah. Like you know, shocking, putting it in, losing two life, and having pierce snare pon- uh, ponder if you want to use it right now. Or brainstorm open. Well, I mean, totally fine. in that case, you're probably just going to fetch an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, it, yeah. Assuming I have a fetch land, but if like there's no fetch lands and I got a couple lands and one of them steam vents, and but I have like one drops. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, it'll be fine for locals. Oh, yeah. It'll probably oh, yeah, be fine. Yeah. No, this, it's not a huge deal. Like I said, you're you're only going to be bringing it in to like deal with like dumb stuff. Uh, that is like really, it's generally the pyroblast matchups, uh, which you know those are really the only matter, and those are the matchups where it's just like okay, I've got like, uh, it's one of those you know fair dirtily matchups anyways, where you have to play like to resources and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So I I have the article uh, okay. bookmarked, so now I can go back and yeah, look at this it's deck a pretty list. cool it's a pretty cool list. That, uh, like hot. I said, um, I I know. If you want to watch any video of it, uh, Anurag 
has been streaming it. Uh, so you can go out and watch okay. video of him playing it, and it's it's pretty neat. Sweet. So, so that's another Jeskai deck. And and, and the fact there's yeah there there's now a home for my signed uh, yeah. engineer explosives. So hey, so, awesome. Uh, I don't like I said. I, I there's also Just Guy in Vintage, uh, which has been traditionally one of the more powerful okay. uh, combo co- color combinations in Vintage. Uh, oh. oh yeah, because Monastery Mentor. Mentor. Uh, but it's also not just Monastery Mentor. It's also Pyroblast. Honestly, uh, like that's really the biggest thing is like Pyroblast is a a big card in Vintage. Uh, that's why you will like see. Um, you know, decks and vintage, you know, playing, you know, either four Pyroblast main or they'll be playing, you know, three Pyroblast main and one on the sideboard, uh, and whatnot. Uh, but also, like, just guy, it's like it's the biggest things are like source of plowshares, uh, and monastery mentor, which is restricted. Uh, but also, you get access to uh, Lavinia, uh, Azorius Renegade, Renegade, uh, which is just absurd in that format. Uh, that card is actually just dumb. Like those are the best white cards that in the main, uh, they're not they're not of the Jeskai decks and Vintage no longer playing. Like they're not trying to be cute and try and play Teferi, because uh, Teferi is much better in like the the PO decks than it is in uh, like Xerox decks. Uh, the Xerox decks just want to play like Dakfaden and Narset, the restricted Carpian Nar- Narset. But it gives you access to like some cool like good sideboard cards like you get fragmentize, and um, you get uh, a couple more copies of Swords of Plowshares if you need them, uh, Containment Priest, uh, that sort of thing. So, and they're already really good against um, artifact decks in that format now because since Metal Misstep has been restricted, like they get to play more cards devoted to certain matchups. So like a lot of the decks are on like two Shattering Spree main. Uh, which is good against, like, the Workshops decks. Uh, and then they also have, like, Mystic Sanctuary, which is, like, the dumbest magic card in existence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You want to talk about cards that have done things to magic formats. Mystic Sanctuary has subtly done more to to uh, formats like Legacy and Vintage that have, um, you know, actual, like, control decks in them more than any other format that it's ever touched. Like, makes it maybe Popper. I've heard it's pretty awful in Popper, too. So, but it's it's actually just the most absurd magic card. So, and it, they can't even restrict it, either. That's the funny part. None of the decks play more than one. <laughs> it's just because they made it fetchable. Those monsters. That's, yeah, that's pretty wild. So, but yeah, that's a deck that also exists. If you want to go out and check out uh, Jeskai and Vintage, that's it's hard. It's a hard deck to play because uh, I mean, all Xerox decks in Vintage are kind of hard to play, uh, just simply because there's a learning curve associated with them. Uh, there's a learning curve associated with casting cards like Ancestral Recall. Sounds like that's weird. Like there should not, there would not be a learning curve associated with casting Ancestral Recall. Sounds like it should be really simple, but it's not. Like, you know, there there's timing to consider, uh, you know, whether or not you want to hold on to it and cast it turn one if you have, you know, artifact mana to put into play or, you know, or you want to wait till your opponent's turn to cast it and, and they've got something to do, you know, they try to cast something, you cast Ancestral in response, you know, that sort of thing. So, like, 
Ancestral is one of those weird cards that it's kind of hard to learn how to play. But then so is like Gush. Gush also has a, a bit of a learning curve associated with it. Um, Dig Through Time has a little bit of a learning curve associated with it. When when to do it, that sort of thing. So the Xerox in general is a little bit difficult to learn how to play in Vintage because there's so much stuff going on. Uh, especially the mirrors. Mirror matches are just... Um, they're some of the best magic you can play in Vintage, like as far as like, um, you know, actually playing like the format and actually feeling like you're playing a real game because those matches will go on for forever. Uh, but they're all about resource trading and when to do things at the right time and that sort of thing and card advantage. So you just kind of have to learn how to right. navigate that makes the matchup. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, that's a thing. Um, that, that's. That's true with any format, really. Like, as far as, not, may not necessarily learning the matchup per se, but proper resource management, timing, when to play certain cards. Um, if you're trying to counter a spell, you know, what counter spell do you use in hand? Do you use one that will leave mana open for you to uh, do something bef when the opponent passes the turn back? Or do you be as mana efficient as possible uh, and, and uh, play that card that way? That way you have... A way to play a spell and counter their interaction uh, the next time you go to play maybe a, a planeswalker or something like that. You have a smaller mana cost counter spell as backup. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's true really of any format, but with Vintage, because you have uh, literally the history of the game uh, right there in your card pool. Uh, there's so many things to keep in mind. It, it does kind of feel, just watching people play Vintage the rare times that I do watch, uh, it does feel like Galaxy Brain Magic. Uh, and it looks like a lot of fun because a lot of people I, I, I watch play that, they're not playing it for like high stakes, like it's some world poker tour or whatever. They're just playing Magic because they just want to play Magic. And really, that that's all it should be. Um, you know, in modern, you could still even do that. Like, I this is why I, I'm kind of jonesing for paper magic events again because i want to play uh narset of the ancient way because her her ability because uh, she's a, a uh well as far as uh, her as a planeswalker she's a jeskai planeswalker one a white a blue and a red uh comes into play and really the thing that's drawn me to her is her first ability where it's a plus you get to add one of either white, blue, or red to your mana pool. You gain two life. And you could use that mana to cast a non-creature spell. Well, where in modern, white is for your path to exile. Blue is for your opt or serum visions. Uh, and red is going to be for your lightning bolt. So, to get a free, to get a free spell, essentially, af after playing that Planeswalker... I'm like, oh man, this has got to be really good, right? I don't know anymore with all these Uros and Urzas. Haymaker and after Haymaker after Astrolabes. Yeah, like like even Tron doesn't seem oppressive no. anymore. That's yeah, really strange to say. Um, yeah, and, and with uh, with decks out there, like there's a, a red-black... Um, it's like a sacrifice or an elementals type oh, deck. Oh, does it play lightning scale um, elemental? Uh, I, I think some of them do. Some play season pyromancer. Some play ox of Agonis. It, it's just, it's kind of like a jun uh, faster mm. jun deck, but they've dropped the green. Interesting. Um, 
then of course there's your uh, there's your prowess right. decks, um, which they'll be too fast to where by the time you play Narset you're probably dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it's like I, I want to play this so bad, but it's like it, it's kind of too slow, which kind of sucks. So you know I, I'm gonna uh, probably look at Pioneer or maybe even Historic, uh, depending on if we can get some uh, some more cards add to the. They're card gonna be pool. doing that. Uh, even, yeah, yeah. There's a Amonkhet well, also, Masters also or Jumpstart something that they're working on. God, this month, Jumpstart oh, comes oh, yeah, out yeah, on yeah, Arena yeah. next month. This month yeah. with all the cards that, well, all the cards except the twenty cards or whatever that were not part of the, yeah. But like, right. there's a, still a huge chunk of cards that are just imminently about to be injected into the format. Uh, so there's gonna be all sorts yeah. of stuff. And, and some. Oh yeah. And somewhere between now and the end of the year, we're getting a, something called Amonkhet yes. Remastered is yeah, the Amonkhet word I Remastered. keep hearing. So there's going to be, I think there's what, like 500 yeah, yeah, cards coming Injected in directly into uh, into Historic. Yeah. So it, it's going to be actually, huge. I, and that's what I think I actually um, kind of like about Historic. Like when they first announced Historic, I was like, oh, this sounds kind of like a kind of a dumb format. Like it's going to be kind of like silly. Like it's just standard plus and... Uh, there's nothing you know that makes it unique, and then they're like, "By the way, we're just gonna inject all these these right. cards," and I'm like, "But now I'm like, huh? Like this actually kind of makes it unique, huh?" Yeah, because the the initial thought, at least how it was perceived, was like, "Oh, okay, so this is just gonna be the landing ground when cards right. rotate yeah, yeah. out of standard," because because people didn't know they were gonna do other things with it. And they're like, oh, BT Dubs, this part of our team is going to work on adding stuff to Historic. And we have cards that were not released within the Pioneer time frame that are going to be added to Historic, like your Thalias and uh, Jim Palm Incinerators and you know, all sorts of stuff, which, which has made uh, Historic cool and, and uh, a Brewer's Paradise in a way. What what I'm seeing, though, and, and this is just me looking ahead and tea leaves and sure maybe a little um little tinfoil haddish what if from a digital standpoint they build enough to where you have pioneer on arena which would be rtr right. forward and that's kind of huge yeah, it's that's a, a lot, of cards. lot of cards but what if they yeah what if they had enough to where they had rtr forward and of course you had standard and historic was kind of a mishmash of uh maybe not necessarily modern but more of a modernized pioneer uh with cards plucked from all over magic's history that are not on the reserve list that you know let, let, let's go ahead and try adding this in or whatever and and what's crazy is they've had three uh three anthologies so for far. historic and, and it doesn't yeah, so mean they're going to do more. none of them. The, oh, oh yeah, yeah they're definitely yeah, going to do more. Then we also more, got Jumpstart coming. Right. And, and and none of them have added uh, previously released Planeswalkers into Historic. We get those from uh, standard packs, essentially. Like with Ugin being reprinted, for example. Um so we're we're not we're not seeing like oh well here's Jace Architect of Thought or hey that Chandra Torture Defiance you see every time you log into Arena and eh, we're we're not going to give you that 
you know, we're not seeing those cards. So it's interesting to kind of play through their design thought processes of here's some cards. Now these planeswalkers that may fight it or these cards fight those planeswalkers aren't there. So now you're getting to play these cards in a different right. light in a way. Yeah. So I, I kind of yeah. find that a little interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Wow. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, so um, with, with this show, you know, we, we kind of wanted to focus on 4th of July stuff. But we, we got some time to talk about more magic because we love talking about magic. And I'm sure that Joe has a deck of yeah. the week, so to speak, uh, with uh, yeah. for Legacy. Um, what Tell us about that deck. So I'm sure it was in uh, one of your yeah, most recent uh, articles. And uh, not only that, uh, it won a Legacy Challenge on Magic Online. Uh, oh. And that deck, yeah, it, no, it was Dredge, no, no, nope. right? Dredge. Uh, and I actually uh, no? interviewed the guy oh. who uh, won the challenge with it uh, uh, in the article. Oh, uh, sweet! A guy by the name of Kyle goes by uh, Fire One Hundred Seven Nine Eight on Magic Online, uh, and that, yep, appropriate yep, yep. name for our podcast. And that deck is World Gorger Combo. Uh, so, uh, if anybody is not familiar with uh, <laughs> what the card World Gorger Dragon does, uh, World Gorger Dragon is a uh, mana cost irrelevant dragon. Uh, so <laughs> mana cost irrelevant. <laughs> I say it because it's really three triple red, but mana cost is completely irrelevant to this card. Oof. Like absolutely irrelevant. So so mana is the uh, power and toughness of this card. Like that's also irrelevant, but it's a seven seven. And the fact that it has flying and trample is also mm-hmm. irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> we don't care about any of these abilities. Uh, the fact that we, so none, none of the combat stats matter. No, nothing matters. So, but when World Gorger Dragon enters the battlefield, you exile all of the permanents you control, uh, and then when World Gorger Dragon leaves the battlefield, you return the exile cards to the battlefield under their owner's control. Uh, and what this combos with is the card Animate Dead. Uh, so what Animate Dead does is uh, it becomes a aura that enchants a creature in a graveyard. Uh, but when Animate Dead uh, leaves the battlefield, you have to sacrifice the creature that it was animating. So uh, Animate Dead is this aura that sticks on the creature, and then if the aura goes away, you have to sacrifice the creature. Well, so World Gorger Dragon, if you Animate Dead World Gorger Dragon, uh, it's going to come into play. Its triggered ability is going to go on the stack. It's going to exile everything you have in play, including your Animate Dead, which is then going to trigger Animate Dead's trigger of when Animate Dead leaves the battlefield, you have to sacrifice the creature. So World Gorger Dragon's going to get sacrificed and go to your graveyard, and then the triggered ability from World Gorger Dragon is going to come back in the, uh, on the stack to bring back all of your permanents that you just exiled, including the Animate Dead that you just that you exiled. So it's going to come back into play and, and hit the World Gorger. Want to hit the World Gorger Dragon again? So basically, what you can kind of do here is that you can, with this loop, you can float mana everything because everything comes back untapped. And so you float mana in between, and eventually you can break the loop by animating dead something else. Uh, that's basically what you want to do, is you can animate dead something else. Uh, but the way that this deck used to look is it used to be a much more of a like focused like combo deck. Like It was very much a straight, fast, like, like kind of like a reanimator, Gristlebrands-style combo deck. Uh, the problem with that is, is that deck wasn't very good. Uh, like the, the original, uh, after World Gorger Dragon got unbanned in Legacy and everybody was trying it, and they were like, oh, well, this is just not better than just reanimating Gristlebrand. Like, it just doesn't do anything. 
But what happened was, is uh, over the past couple years and over the past two years, especially with 2020, not 2019, 2020 magic, we had things like Modern Horizons get printed with cards like Arkham's Astrolabe and um, Ice Fang Quaddle and uh, Drown in the Lock and uh, also uh, in Theros Beyond Death this year, Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. Uh, so now this deck is more of a kind of like a combo control, kind of like a Splinter Twin style deck uh, where you can kind of play this fair control deck with cards like Thoughtseize and Brainstorm and Ponder and Drown of the Lock and Abrupt Decay and Force a Will, but you can also play this combo deck with this with Entomb and Animate Dead. Uh, and so you can just be like, I'm going to play this kind of this fair game, and then out of nowhere on your end step, I'm going to Entomb a World Gorgia Dragon, and then I'm going to Animate Dead it on your turn, on my turn. And then I'm going to go off. And uh, of course you're going to have in play something like Arkham's Astrolabe, or you can have in play an an ice fang quaddle and stuff like that. So every time that you go through the loop, those are going to come back into play and they're going to trigger. And you're going to draw cards. So not only are you able to, you know, make infinite mana, but you can also draw as many cards as you want to draw off your deck, uh, which means you're eventually going to find a way to win the game. Uh, now, um, as I understand it, like the card that requires like the least amount of clicks, uh, as far as I know, is uh, Dusk Mantle Guild Mage is what they're playing currently. Uh, and it requires like a lower amount of clicks than some other cards do. Uh, and it's also just pretty free to put in play. Uh, because what you can do is you can uh, just get it into your graveyard with like an Entomb or something like that and then animate it dead last. You don't have to put anything on the stack uh, to put it into play, basically. Uh, so it's pretty neat. Uh, it is a super cool deck. I'm going to try probably playing it myself here soon uh because i think it's a lot of fun uh and i think it's pretty interesting uh the deck list that won the challenge last weekend uh was also playing two copies of teferi master of time uh the, the new teferi from yeah. uh, course at 2021 <laughs> and um I, when i saw it on stream uh it looked pretty good uh it it looked like it did things really well uh, and the, the cool thing about that card is that's awesome. that card enables dragon. Uh, so you can just like plus it mm -hmm. and, and pitch your dragon into the graveyard. If it's like, it's in your hand and you don't want to put it back in your library and then with a brainstorm and then entomb it back out, you can just use to fairy to loot it into your graveyard. Uh, you can also loot like additional copies of like Uro, um, which is really interesting. Cause like in, so the way that this deck works is like a lot of times that this deck is mainly just like a combo deck game one and then game two, it kind of transforms into this uh, kind of this basic snow control deck uh, because a lot of times if you're in like a fairer matchup, uh, the combo is too slow to kind of pull off in those kind of matchups and especially since they're going to probably have hate for that sort of thing. So you'll bring in cards like Oko and Sylvan Library and those kinds of like or like fatal push for like, you know, your Delver matchups. Like you'll bring in Oko for Delver, you'll bring in uh Sylvan Library for Delver. Like you'll be able you wanna you wanna get them on cards. But a lot, so a lot of times what they'll do is they'll take out the combo, uh most of the combo, uh, which usually generally ends up being like cards like World Gorgeous Dragon and Animate Dead. 
They won't remove all their Entombs, which is cool, because Entomb works really well with Uro. Uh, so you can, like, Entomb an Uro, and then, like, cast Uro out of the graveyard uh, and get your Uro. So it's a neat deck. I, I kind of want to play it. <laughs> it seems like it's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, it definitely did really well over the weekend. Uh, and they 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 had a hot run. Uh, they lost, I think, one round in the Swiss on Sunday, and then they just they just blasted through uh, the rest of the rounds because uh, they were I think it was like six one after Swiss, uh, and then they just blasted through their their top eight matches. And uh, I don't remember what they played in the quarterfinals, but in the semifinals they played Delver. They played against Rug Delver. And uh, I just I sat and I watched their Game 3 go from double Delver draw into completely turn the game around with Oko into uh, just crushing them on car an advantage. Uh, and then just making, just killing. Like they fatal pushed a, a, an Oko, or not, a, a fatal pushed an, or a, a, um, a Delver, and then they used Mystic Sanctuary to get back a Fatal Push, the Fatal Push, and then re-Fatal Push the, the Delver. Uh, and then they made Okos, and they just, they made an Oko, and they just kept uh, attacking with a food. Uh, and, and um, yeah, it was, it was dumb. <laughs> it was really, really, really absurd. Uh, nice. Yeah. That, that's pretty awesome. I, you know, I, I can only imagine the amount of clicks on Magic Online, a deck like this would have a to A lot take, of people tend to, uh, um, before as long as you present, like, a, uh, a card that draws you a card or something mm -hmm. like that, uh, a lot of people will just concede. Mm -hmm. Especially in, like, game one. Like, if yeah. you do it in game one, they're probably going to concede because it, they just, it's not worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. the time yeah, and all that stuff involved. Yeah. Like, uh, a lot of people are just really much better about that. Like, there, his finals match was against... Um, Matt Vuk, who is um, Ozymandias uh, 17 on Moto, uh, who's a well-known uh, Agrilome mm -hmm. player. And uh, that's what he was playing this weekend, mm -hmm. was playing Agrilome. And uh, he, he, like, he got him on the combo in game one, and Matt was just like, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to concede. I'm not going to make you play it out. Like, I know you've got, you know, the payoff. Like, it's not like you're going to eventually find the payoff yeah. with, you know, a Kowaddle or an Astrolabe or, you know, something like that. And uh, and then, like, Vuk right. got him in uh, game two. Mm -hmm. And then game three <clears throat> was, like, kind of this weird back and forth. And he tapped out for an Uro. Like, there was the combo where was ready. Like, he had a... He had a little Gorger Dragon in the yard, but he didn't have a, he didn't have another card in the graveyard. And he didn't have a card that drew him cards, so, like, the combo doesn't do anything. Like, you, it just, you don't mm. do anything at that point. You just draw, you don't even draw cards, you just make mana. Uh, but you have no way of breaking the loop, because there were no other creatures in the graveyard. So right. you can't just, you can't break it. <clears throat> so he was just like, he had, like, multiple Abrupt Decays in hand, and he taps out for an Uro, and um, Kyle draws a astral, an Astrolabe for turn. <laughs> Draws the Astrolabe, slams the Astrolabe, slams the Animate Dead, and gets there. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, man. Nice. Like, if he did, like, just played it safer and uh, tried to, like, just wait and see if he drew anything good 
and jam that abrupt decay mm-hmm. into the uh, a, a, the animate dead. Because that's the real funny thing is when you jam an abrupt decay into their animate dead in uh, response to the little gorger dragon trigger. Because what happens at that <laughs> point is um, the World War Dragon sacrifices. It leaves the battlefield. Trigger comes on the stack, but it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then it enters the battlefield. A trigger resolves, and it exiles everything. So they lose all their permanents yeah. that they had in play. Uh, but they don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's... But they have the World War Dragon. No, no, they would still, not. Right? The World War Dragon goes to the graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I they, got it backwards. Were, the World Gorger Dragon goes to the graveyard because of Animate Dead going away. Yeah. Animate Dead goes away. Animate Dead's trigger goes on the stack. World Gorger Dragon gets sacrificed. Leaves the battlefield trigger, goes on the stack. Resolves, does nothing. Enters the battlefield go, trigger, is on the stack too. And then it exiles all their permanents. So, Oof. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so see, like Joe's explained this to me, shows me the article, and it's still confusing. Um, but no, that that's pretty sweet. Um, this card, of course, was originally yes. printed in Judgment, uh, art art done by uh, Mr. Uh, yep. Wayne England. Uh, yep. Rest in peace. And those dragon um, guys. Let me tell you what. Those so, dragon guys have some of the best memes on the planet. Like they really oh, yeah. do. They and it's not even like. I'm not talking about card memes. I'm talking about meme memes. They actually make memes in their Discord server, uh, and it is mm-hmm. they are hilarious. Uh, they do a really good job of nice um, making funny memes, and that's funny too because like they do this like all the time, and generally like every Thursday when Kyle streams is like his meme card night. So they'll do like a night where they test out something that's kind of supposed oh. to be meme status in the deck. And last Thursdays mm-hmm. was them testing Teferi as a meme card. And now he's like, oh yeah, God. this is going to be stock from now on. Because <laughs> yeah, it's that it's good. pretty good. Yeah, because yeah, it was that good. Yeah, oh He actually God. got to use – he actually easy. had to play the mirror at one point because there was another dragon player in the, in the challenge. And he had to play against the other dragon mm-hmm. player. And in the mirror, he got to use Teferi – to phase out a world gorger dragon. <laughs> oh no. In response. Oh yeah. no. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it oh, was no. in response to the trigger. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so, it exiled all his stuff still, but it never came back because it, it, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, super dumb. Super super dumb. So, yeah, he uh, he got to yeah. use that and I'm like that's really absurd. Like I, I love it. Like <laughs> I, I, I played one of the uh, was it the artisan brawl or, or whatever the, one of the special events is uh, this week on Arena, and it was essentially the uh, the planeswalkers from M twenty one and a deck built around them, and the planeswalker was your commander. So I assume it's brawl or something. Um, but I, I, I played of course the blue deck because it had fairy. And, oh boy, that, that instant speed phasing, setting up that stop either right before combat or in response to a spell being cast before they go to combat, uh, just, just phasing a creature out. It's like, well, you're killing my fairy, but you right. can attack this turn. Yeah, good, it's, good job. The phasing thing um, is, is it's pretty cool, I have to admit. I'm glad that they see that yeah. they 
we're able to make phasing a thing again without actually having uh the the, the word phasing on a, uh on a like a permanent like i think that's what makes phasing that's what made phasing like kind of awful when it was originally around is and what makes it so clunky in the rules is that uh there mm-hmm. were permanents that had phasing and those permanents were hard it was right. hard to keep track of those permanents and when they phase back in and when they phase back out and stuff like that but using phasing right. as a uh, you phase something out as a keyword action instead, I think makes a lot mm-hmm. more sense. Uh, and I kind of expect we'll see. Yeah, them I mean, it. there's there, there's still the the dexterous part of you have to do something with the card to indicate it yes. has been phased, uh, whether it's turning it over or whatever. And, and there's the thing from a viewer standpoint where it looks like all right, well that creature's re-entering. Well, it's not right. It's phased. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in a paper tournament when that returns. Like, are they going to do like Amonkhet style, like labels where put yeah. phased out you just take on a piece, a piece of paper, of paper or write, something? Write you know that phased out or something like that. Yeah, on it. yeah. Like, I mean, that makes sense to me. Right, because as long as yeah, as long as you know it's phased out, it, it's not. You can ignore it, it's not in existence. You can put it right. aside, whatever the case may be. I think just a piece um, of paper works really. But yeah, well. so it, that's like that's a great idea. Yeah, actually. yeah. A, a, Something so simple as a piece yep, of paper and writing on out. it. Now, don't don't put the piece of paper on the card and then write on it. That's <laughs> kind of dumb. Like, put the piece of paper aside, write on it, then put the paper that's been written yeah. on on the card. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Now that that's awesome, man. It's nice to see World War to Dragon do stuff like what we we're talking about with goblins, where Legacy kind of has this ebb and flow, and and it's not the same every week. You know, it's neat that there's a, a combo deck that's not just Storm or Tendrils or and whatever. And even then, Storm's still going on doing out there. fairly decent because they just got a new oh, card, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, because um, they got Peer into the Abyss. Yeah. Oh, Peer into the so Abyss. So, I had to actually explain to people why Ooh. this card was good. <laughs> I actually mm-hmm. had people that were like, I don't understand. I don't get how this card is good. I said, do you not read the card? It draws... You know, yeah. <laughs> it draws a bunch of cards. Like I hear drawing yeah. like half your deck is pretty good. That's just me, but I like, feel like that's pretty good. And they're like, I don't understand it, it, still. I don't get how this can be good. I'm like, uh, again, read the card. It draws ha- practically right. half. It draws half your library. And mm-hmm. you can. And uh, the thing I had to explain it was like. You can cast Peer into the Abyss from two life. You can't cast Ad Nauseam from two life. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, but Correct. it costs seven mana. I'm like, yeah, I no, you have no idea. Like, there's no way you can make the mana for this card. Trust me. The, the mana, the mana is not oh, an issue. Easily, and it, and it yeah. adds to your mana is not an issue. Like, so yeah, it's it's yeah. been interesting to see play, but um, yeah, one of my um, one of my buddies, um, guy by the name of Jax. Uh, he's uh, Italian, uh, and uh, he play. He posted. It didn't get published, I don't think, because I think there was somebody else that po- that five would with a similar list. His just kind of ended up on the mm. on the chopping block of that uh, on how they curate uh, lists. Ugh. But uh, he five would with a, yeah. and it might show up at some point. I don't know, but he five would like the very first day of uh, Core Twenty Twenty One being on oh, Moto. Sweet. Uh, with ad nauseum tendrils built to support 
peer into the abyss. Uh, and it was just basically okay. kind of like a hybridization of uh, Tess and Ant, where they had um, Burning Wish and Rite of Flame, but they also had Cabal Ritual and uh, Dark Ritual uh, to be able to support casting uh, a peer into the abyss. And uh, the card's insane. Nice. Um, so he actually uh, gave me a list for when we were, I've played around with it for a little bit uh, past two days or so of um, a Nick mm-hmm. fit list that was a, a veteran explorer cabal therapy list uh, that has um, calling the week. Uh, so if you don't know what calling the week does, it's the uh, black, uh, it costs one black and it has, uh, you sacrifice a creature in addition to casting it, but you add uh, quadruple black to your mm-hmm. mana, mana pool. Yeah, oh, so you yeah. cast that, and you can sack, like, um, you know, Veteran Explorer and whatnot, and that adds quadruple black. But it was a, it's basically a, it's basically that a storm was list. From, <laughs> that was from yes. Stronghold. Yes, yeah. Right? Or no, 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 yes, I'm sorry, no, Exodus. Exodus, yeah. That was yeah. from Exodus. A, a card, card type it was mana a, source. Instant, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was bef- before... The wording right. changed to instant. That's how right. long ago that was printed. That was like last century. So it's playing, it's playing like, by Scott um, Fisher. you know, that, and it's playing, you know, Dark Ritual and Cabal Ritual, and it's playing Diabolic Intent uh, and uh, Xantid Swarm. Uh, so you get Xantid Swarm to, you know, wow. make it so they can't cast spells. Uh, and it plays Green Sun Zenith because right, there's right. a Green Sun Zenith deck still. Uh, and uh, sure. but it plays Pyramid of this. Uh, as its payoff. Instead of playing like, you know, derpy mid-range creatures or, you know, blah, 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 you're playing Pyramid of the Abyss as your payoff. Uh, so you're making it so they can't cast spells, and then you're casting, you know, uh, a bunch of spells, and then you're casting Infernal Tutor, and you're cracking Lion's Eye Diamond and Holy Priority, and then you're going to get Pyramid of the Abyss, casting Pyramid of the Abyss, drawing half your deck, and then killing them with Tendrils of Agony. In a, in a Nick so list. So <laughs> once again, once again... Siege Rhino finds, <laughs> finds a home and gets The funny thing out. about this deck that I actually Jeez. really enjoyed about it, uh, it still needs some tuning. Uh, there's still some, some things with it. Yeah. Uh, like, I was talking with Jax about it and, like, things like wanting to have, like, uh, an Eternal Witness, like, maybe in, like, the main deck. Uh, but also, like, wanting to mm-hmm. have an Allosaurus Shepherd in the sideboard. But Grape Shot, uh, or oh not Grape uh, Shot, but um, Jumpstart cards are really hard to find on Moto right now. So like that's oh, yeah, also yeah. kind of impacting that, but the sideboard has a plan, a game plan of um, playing uh, for natural order and a progenitus in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. So they'll bring in all this like stuff Ooh. to like, oh, I had somebody bring in Leyline of the Void against me uh, to cut cut off like Veteran mm-hmm. Explorer and that sort of thing, and like flashing back Cabal Therapy. And I just like I made mm-hmm. a Dryad Arbor and I cast a dark ritual and I cast a uh, natural uh, natural order and turn my dryad arbor into a uh, progenitus and they just they, and they just this, could Yu-Gi-Oh? not beat that. Pokemon <laughs> they just could <laughs> not beat it it was it was pretty uh, yeah. funny it has protection yeah. from oh, yeah. everything well it was like against one of the um, I think I, I played against Esper Vile and they did that to me and I was just like here's a here's a progenitus have fun. <laughs> and it's like turn two yeah. progenitus. And wow. I was like, yep, concede. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think people forget that it has protection yeah. from everything, including yeah, impeachment. 
So, but uh, yeah, so that was a deck that I got past. Uh, but uh, it was uh, certainly okay. something interesting. But that card is pretty good. Like, like I said, Legacy is weird right now. It's back and forth. People are trying different things, uh, especially with new cards that are out. Obviously, people are going to try different things with new cards, uh, which is great. Um, but Merfolk, Merfolk, just out of nowhere is like yeah. top eighting events. Like you know, there were um, there were two of them in the the in a challenge uh, last week in the one of the twentieth. Yeah, there were two of them on the twentieth uh, in fourth and fifth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, last weekend on the 27th, there was three of them in the top 32, and one of them was in the top eight, which was in – and it also was in the top four in third place. And it's just – Merfolk, what the heck? <laughs> just out of nowhere, Merfolk's, like, suddenly a deck again. Uh, and we, we will need to hit Adam and Nier to that because he'll probably want to go buy uh, Thassa's Oracles and – And Paradigm point. Shifts. Which, those are yeah. weirdly... No. I, I'm looking at it on Goldfish, and it says they are $44.40 for four of them. Which is weird. Ooh, but, wow. you know, knowing Adam, he might actually have them already. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> he has yeah, he, he, so he, many cards. Yeah. He might actually just oh my goodness, have them yeah. just laying around and not even realize it. There is a Gilded Drake in the sideboard of this one I'm looking at, though. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm not. I, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Because why? Not? Those are like well, a it, bunch of money. It's playing Baron, so it can bounce the Gilded Drake back to back to your those hand. One hundred and seventy dollars. Back out to steal something else. One hundred and seventy dollars. You yeah. know how I know that? Because I I looked at I looked at it because uh, I'm, I'm I was thinking about building this EDH deck, and I looked at it mm-hmm. for maybe building this EDH deck, and I was like, oh, that's one hundred and seventy dollars. I don't know. How I feel about that? Probably not. <laughs> um, I I I had one once when I first started getting into yeah. EDH. I mean, it's a good EDH um, card. And then, and this is, yeah, this is around the time of um, when uh, RTR and Theros were in standard. Uh, because I I would play standard on Saturdays, and either before or after. Um, the players would gather and play EDH. Uh, or if standard didn't fire, we would just play right. EDH. Literally all day. Um, but then that, that kind of fizzled out as players, as the new sets came out, players couldn't afford them, they left, right. whatever. Uh, so I'm like, well, I'm going to trade in these cards because I'm not playing this format. Duh. Yeah, was reserveless dumb. cards. And I think the Gilded Drake I got, a, yeah, I think the Gilded Drake I got at the time was like 25 right. bucks. Yeah. Oops, because um, that that card was really good with uh, Vincer the sort the Sojourn. Yeah, yeah, because you would switch uh, something and then you could yeah. use Vincer to blink it and switch it with something else. Yeah, and then just keep doing yeah, that. That's, yeah, uh, it was real good. So, but yeah, you can also bounce it. And yeah, yeah. It, it, I just I I can't even believe uh, how dumb uh, that card has gotten in price. But yay, reserved list cards. So, I. Uh, yeah, I figure yeah, if I ever um, actually were to actually build this deck in paper, I probably won't actually buy that. Uh, I'll just replace it with something else. It's in the yeah. list currently just because I figure I might proxy the deck. And uh, oh sure there. sure, but I, I also don't really have that many people to yeah, play with this the format, and except for you and 
Yeah, it's like myself, Adam. Oh, I could see maybe. I could see somewhere that. between like. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere between like six and ten uh, other locals that we know as far as yeah, uh, but like I, I could see um, like finding like a, a a group of just like you, me, and like Adam and like somebody else we trust. Like maybe does Farney play EDH at all? Oh, as far as EDH, yeah. Um, I was thinking Legacy. Um, no, Farney doesn't play Legacy um, that I know of. He might. Or, I mean, doesn't play EDH uh, that I know of. Uh, Adam does, doesn't like it. Yeah, it's not his favorite format. Um, they'll, they'll play old oh, school yeah, yeah. all day, yeah, I mean, though. Old school's a lot of fun, so. Um, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. I could see, like, um, you know... We could probably find somebody if we really wanted to. Like, I'll find, like, two people that were on the same, like, you know, level of, you know, playability and understanding and not complete idiots. And not and not also not complete, yeah. like, fun-sucking uh, <laughs> people. Because we have a lot of those in our, in our area, unfortunately. Yeah, it it's, it's a really mixed bag. Like, I... <clears throat> Not really to get in the subject of EDH, maybe we can say that for another podcast, uh, but just briefly here, <clears throat> like, there's talk a lot about politics in EDH and the world in general, um, but I I don't get into politics. I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to play my stuff, you know, I'm going to res- try and respond to, or do something to whatever's happening on the board. Um, I, I go into it playing where if we have four people, which for most games and, and the way cards are designed, I, I feel they're kind of designed for more of a four-player pod type of feel anyway. <clears throat> but I go into it where, all right, if the four of us play four games, on average, each player will win a game. And and that's kind of the power level I want to be at. Um, and usually my decks of choice are Brea or Marin, which everybody keeps telling me to, to switch to... Uh, Cold Dratha, and I, I don't want to. Um, or uh, Calling of the Vast. Um, so those are kind of like my three main... I have a Edgar Markov deck, which I haven't played with a lot. I just... I, I, I can't quite figure out aggro in a multiplayer format. It's weird, I know. Um, and I have a Narset uh, Oops All Turns deck. Um, or, or more like... I build it more like Oops All Combats, but... Uh, the extra turn spells, for some of them are still in there anyway. Um, and I wanted to build that because I have the double-sided Narset playmat, where it's got Narset Enlightened Master on one side and Narset Transcendent on the other. Playmat looks so cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I have decks to play EDH, but just most of the people I found are either like complete random people that they've bought their pre-con, they've added 20 bucks to it, that's maybe the only deck they have. They don't play a lot of magic and they just get, they, they just get boat raced or, uh, I'm in a pond where people are super invested in EDH and I'm over here playing my non reserve list decks. Cause I refuse to buy reserve list cards for that format and I'm getting boat raced. And it's like, there's no in between and sure there's that conversation that you're supposed to have to find out the power level of the decks but not everybody watches the same watches or reads the same content so do we all have an understanding of what a power level six or eight deck means 
yes, no. And, you know, with the pandemic going on, it's like, well, I have these EDH decks here and absolutely nobody to play with. And what do I do? And, you know, I'm hoping that maybe, and, and I have to be patient with this myself, but over time that maybe my wife will be like, yeah, let, let, let's play some Magic or whatever, which that'll be, I'll, I'll, I may pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Because she, she quit when the rules change happened to make uh, mana sources and interrupts in the instance. Um, but I have a few pre-constructed decks I've not updated. So if it gets to the point where we play EDH, it's like, let's just play these two decks against each other and see what happens. Just just have some fun. You know, not, not be real serious or whatever. Um, yeah, but we're, we're both competitive. I, when, I just, when we game, I, so. I have a heart. Like I said, I think that's the thing about the format that I don't like is I don't really like playing with people that are like random, but I think the format works if you, mm -hmm. you know, are playing with people, uh, that, you know, and that are like, you know, going to understand what your play style is like. So and I think that's where I right. think the format right. works, but not everybody has that. So, but I, I can't just go like, go, Hey, I'm going to go, um, you know, play at a random at a, like a Magic Fest or whatever when we get Magic Fest back or, or I'm not going to do that because it's like, you know. Yeah. Plus 90% of those things have to be sanctioned anyways, and I don't believe in sanctioned Magic that much anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't there, care about that. things like, like proxies. You know, and I, I, I'm, I'm building, I'm already like up on the cuff of, you know, if, somebody doesn't says i don't i can't play my commander i'm like whatever like because uh you know as you well know as i'm looking at building you know rarity the the rarity that i got mm -hmm. uh in the mail uh yeah oh yeah yeah from yeah. the my little pony yeah, the, uh, uh, magic set, right? yeah so i'm like this is cool like i like this uh, like this idea mm -hmm. like i would do the same with twilight if i had like a twilight like you know and stuff like that like so that would be neat to do. Right. Some, there's always that one person that's like, oh, it's a silver border card. That's no fun. And you're like, whatever. Right. And, I'm not yeah. here to, like, be, like, that guy that's going to, like, tow to your line. I'm just going to – I'm here to play whatever I think is fun. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and magic should so. be fun. Like, well, heck, just just anything that you do that's not work should be fun. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like the fact that the, the quote unquote the streams have been crossed, and it's like, did, did you not play with toys as a kid? Because oh, that reminds like, me, I need to find a, a good toy for that crap. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. I know there's yeah. one. There was one um, I was looking for. I was gonna look for, and it was like I think the Funko Pop. Um, I think it was the Funko Pop um, Shadow Bolt uh, Rainbow Dash. I think has like all every color on it. So oh, wow. uh, I was going to do that because like because her her costume is black and she's got like red, white and blue on her uh, cutie mark. And then like she's got like yellow eyes or, or not yellow eyes, but she's got I think I was missing. Oh, she's got green in her hair. It's because it's because because rainbow. Oh, see, there you go. It's you, rainbow. You got she's, got rainbow she's got green in her hair. It's rainbow colored. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like you've got well, you got everything yeah, you, covered. Like, yeah, as far as her rare. Except color, except colors, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it doesn't. Um, it only it only does colors. Yeah, rarity rarity only does yeah, colors. Yeah. So, 
But really, I build it as like a, uh, hey, yeah. uh, like how many cards can I put in this deck that are rare or mythic? <laughs> because of her first ability of making rare or mythics cost one less. Uh, and then, uh, yep. you know, what to those car- What can I do with all those cards? That, and the synergy can I do with those cards? And like, oh, blinking things is kind of a thing that blue white does. Uh, and if we make cheaper, cheaper oh, yeah. blinks, uh, cheaper things to blink, cool. Uh, you know, so, you know, like I, I put a, you know, R.A.P. that you can't play Yorion in EDH, you know, as far as like your companion is concerned, but you can still play it in the 99. Right. So it's like, okay, cool. So, and then I put in a couple cards that were like, yeah, hey, thing... I should probably put this card in here because it costs one. <laughs> like Bloodforge right. Battleaxe. You know, yes, so that's in there just because it costs one. It, it it's a good thing that green is not involved in the color of the uh, of the deck, because then uh, then Uro costs just ooh, a green ooh. and a blue. <laughs> right? You see exactly. It's, it's kind of gross. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, like yeah, there there are people like Duh, don't cross the streams. Like just keep magic, magic, and keep the other thing, the other thing. And it's like, you know, I. For those watching at home, I'm in my mid-40s. I will be 45 this year. Uh, I grew up in the age where every comic book had a cartoon and had a toy line, which had a cartoon and a comic book that had a toy line, and so on and so forth, right? It's just this never-ending cycle. And no, I didn't have every single toy of every IP or whatever, but I had enough toys to where it's like, huh, the toys I like are going to be on this team. And the toys I don't like are going to be on that team. And it wasn't necessarily the good versus the traditional good versus evil or whatever that you'd see on like Masters of the Universe or Transformers or whatever. But I I did my own thing. I crossed the streams. Oh my God. But that, that era was fun because it was all about imagination and play and having fun and, and just letting your hair down and, you know, you weren't confined to certain things. So, like, these things, like the the, my, the uh, magic cards with My Little Pony on them, or Transformers, or God, I wish, God, I uh, wish Dungeons I had and Dragons. That would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. That, like, and the fact that, like, that I think that card was coming out right around or after uh, Ixalan, where yes. they had dinosaurs. So, yes. that was kind of neat, that, that little tie-in. Um so yeah, just just doing stuff like that periodically, or in ways where it doesn't interrupt the uh, the flow of normal right. magic, is right. awesome because it brings attention to the game from people outside of magic who may not know what's going on, and for those who are inside magic, uh, they they get to uh, have that little taste of like oh they're doing something of another thing I like or a thing I liked as a kid. Or whatever the case may be, and it's perfectly fine. Like, just just let 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 people enjoy things. Like, damn. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, as long as long as the person that is trying to enjoy things or 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 having a moment in your vicinity is not being offensive or not showing uh, inappropriate imagery when there are children around, let let them go. Like, shit. So. And that, that's kind of where I wish EDH would be in general. And I think a lot of the general 
like the the information that I hear about through podcasts or whatever from people like, oh, well, over this weekend I played in, in this pod with these people that they've probably mentioned on a previous episode and we play these decks. Like those people have play groups that they meet with on a somewhat regular basis and play all sorts of magic, whether it's constructive magic, EDH, mixture, both, whatever. Uh, you you have a family and you work. Uh, I I I'm married. My daughter's grown and moved out. Uh, we both work. Um, a lot of the people that we hang out with are close in our age and have similar situations where they have families and work. So when we get together, it's usually at a store. We're all doing the same thing as far as playing an F and M. So we don't necessarily have a play group. Uh, I I wonder if that maybe what we're missing. I I, I don't know. Um, so something to consider, but you know, um, but as as far as stuff like, you know, when we get together to play magic, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. We'll have some stories about something goofy we've done in the game. Maybe we've burned an opponent out. Maybe we've comboed with some Jeskai pieces. Maybe I made a bunch of monk tokens. Who knows? Uh, it could be, uh, it could be a number of things, but, um, when, 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 when people gather, as long as you have fun, you're safe. That, that's really all that matters. Depending on, doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're bowling, whether you're watching fireworks, whether you're going to a movie, whatever. Just, just have fun and enjoy the independence, uh, and just be safe doing whatever right. you're doing. Well, I think uh, we can start wrapping up here. Uh, and move on. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. We we, we kind of went off on some That's some subjects, but yeah, we, we can go ahead and yeah. get to a close. It, it's cool. Thank yeah, you all yeah. for listening. Appreciate it, Scott. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Oh, on the internet. I thought you were gonna say like find me no. at my address. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can find uh, me at uh, as far as my articles over at legitmtg.com uh, every Thursday at noon, uh, a noon Eastern, I should say. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Facebook at MTG Packfoils. Uh, Joe, we talked about some of your articles. Where can people go read these uh, articles? So you can find me normally on the Twitterverse uh, at VorathXP on Twitter. Uh, you can also find my uh, Legacy and Vintage articles every Wednesday and every Friday at This Week in Legacy and Vintage 101 uh, on MTGGoldfish.com. Uh, you can also find the cast at the Astrolab cast uh on twitter and also the astrolab podcast at gmail.com uh we still haven't really gotten any feedback uh but uh maybe that means we're doing okay i don't know uh but if you want to send feedback send feedback so uh i do have a guest lined up for next week uh or at least uh, at least next week or uh week after if uh depending on how it works out for his schedule but i think he said he could work in his schedule in it into the schedule so uh, and that is okay. um, a little-known uh, well, local judge to us, uh, Brandon Miller. Uh, so nice. uh, talk about his uh, streaming and all that fun stuff. So uh, excited, excited to have yeah, Brandon streaming. on. Uh, he's a great oh. guy, and um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Streaming Pokemon, his love of Slidey Stick, uh, which is the NHL for those not to know. Um, <laughs> he also does cooking streams. So, so yeah, cool. yeah. The- Oh yeah, yeah. you're telling so, me about yeah, that. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to having him on. So, but anyways, so okay. yeah, uh, that's what we've got Sweet. lined up coming up uh, for our tenth episode. Uh, will be Brandon. 
on hopefully. Uh, so I'm gonna confirm with him again uh, this weekend uh, sometime and just make sure he's good uh, to be on. Uh, cool. And I'll get him set up with everything he needs to get set up with. So, but uh, any any sense? Awesome. Uh, that marks the end of episode nine. Uh, so thank you guys for continuing mm-hmm. to listen. And uh, again, please don't ban us and have a great night. Yes, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching, listening, all that stuff. Uh, have a good night, uh, and be safe with the yeah, fireworks. Fireworks. Don't blow your fingers off. Bye. <laughs> Bye.